Welcome to the Panoramic Outdoors Podcast, connecting you to all things outdoors. Welcome to episode number 111. This episode is brought to us by Stringer Rentals and Power Products in Gimli, Manitoba. If you guys are ever around Gimli, going to Gimli, want to go ice fishing, check them out. They've got some wicked ice castles. Um, Grey Wolf, trailer type style, very top of the line and new that you can rent. So check out Stringer Rentals and Power Products. You can find them online or like how we found them on Facebook. Anyways, this is a cool intro to an awesome episode we've got jade eagleson for the main part of the show but before we get started we are in an ice castle rented by stringer rentals and we got a new intro partner chase is this thing actually called an ice castle or is it a probably not a gray wolf. <laughs> it's a great it's like a gray wolf but like everyone knows it's like kleenex man do you know what i'm saying it's like tissue paper but everyone right. calls it kleenex right so it's like a, it's like a camper that's designed for ice fishing, if anyone who doesn't know what an ice castle is, right? Yes. All right. <laughs> are, you, are you good? That's all I wanted to say. Perfect. And Tristan's not here today, so we brought in a special guest, been on the podcast before. Heavy hitter. Do you know what episode you're on? 111. No, no the one you're originally on. <laughs> I've been listening. Uh, no, I don't. Okay. I think she was like in the top 30. So if you want to go back, thanks for joining us, April Willis. Thanks for having me. You're supposed to talk louder than a mouse, Chase said. <laughs> <laughs> Has it been that long? I don't know. We had you like, what, two years ago? Or a year and a half ago for sure. Yeah. It's, it's been, been a while. A, it's hey? been a while. Wow. So we got into this ice castle probably around four o'clock. Um, we're going to spend a few hours in here tonight and then come back first thing in the morning. But caught a, caught a nice fish. Yeah. Who did? I did. Nobody you did, know. yeah. <laughs> was it 24 inches no it was close it was not 24 inches <laughs> don't give yourself more than you actually Around. had it was like 23 and a quarter come on april <laughs> no one can see it through the podcast it was a good fish it doesn't matter don't lie it was a fat mama fat mama we threw her on the old Stillwater bump board and i think it was 24 inches but whatever that's why we bring bump boards to be honest yeah, so you can be honest. Twenty three in the in a quarter on the on the still water. Twenty four in the panoramic bump board. <laughs> I, was, I was going with what you guys seen because I was holding that thing down. It was just it was shaking this trailer. It was so big. I got some <laughs> photographic evidence. So I'm gonna review right now. Well, while you review that, April, you tell me uh, how fishing's going for you. Uh, this has been it's been like a rough six weeks. Never mind just today. Oh, really? I've had a tough season. Why? But we're in you know. We're in the second half of it before the spring, so. Yeah, this is like kind of the slow time, I think, for any species, no? Yeah, for sure. So what, what are the, some of the fish that you've been going for in the last couple, six weeks, let's say? Um, we've gone for walleye multiple times. We've gone for trout multiple times. Um, more walleye, pike, everything. Not, well, not well pelican bite. we did all right. But... <laughs> Catching like micro perch. <laughs> oh, I caught a big one. <laughs> yes, one. One bigger fish. Where where have you been uh, poking around for trout? Patterson Lake. Nice. We went there. It's been tough. 
Really? Tough bite, yeah. And and I'm I'm a little uh I'm not too into the trout winter scene that much, but um you guys always seem to pull out something from Patterson, but what what's the what's the hot time to be out there usually? Is it kind of slower right now for Patterson? Yeah, it is slower right now. Like I mean, trout are hot in the fall and then kind of the late like last ice. So we'll go we'll probably go back in end of March, beginning of April for sure. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, last ice is just, my buddy used to tell me his grandpa used to fish the ducks and cast out his lure till it like hits the ice and then just drag it in off the ice and let her drop to the bottom and yeah. just smash rainbows. Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. Um, one more thing I'll say before we get too far into this is that if you do see or see, if you hear some background noise, that's a generator. And if you hear a whole bunch of commotion, it's probably because one of us got a fish. We are currently fishing while we do this podcast. So it's super cool. I'm pretty excited about this. It is pretty sweet. Awesome setup. April's uh, got us. Oh man. What's the word I'm looking for? Trumped with the, uh, with the old live scope there that we're looking at. The Garmin live scope. Yeah. Yeah. It's the TV. It's my new TV. There is so much bait fish underneath us right now that the like my Garmin Striker Seven that I got from Harvester, it is like it looks like it's just pure interference in in like the middle, like eight feet of water. Yeah, your screen is just full. Yeah, but I'm looking at your screen right now, and it's just all bait fish. Bait fish from about eight feet down to like right to the bottom. Yeah, they're just hanging out. That's not a good sign, I guess, when you're in the, <laughs> in the bait fish like corridor where they're like okay, just hanging out here. It's a good thing and a bad thing, right? Because you know the I fish guess. will be around, but I'm, I'm trying to figure out how, how do you like, it's almost like as panoramic, how do you stand out as a, <laughs> as a wanted bait fish in a school full of bait fish? <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> you use that big clanging whatever you got there. What? <laughs> what do you mean big clanging? It's the only thing that got fish. Pelican that got fish. I don't care where I go. It catches fish. I don't know what to say about that. Like, I, and you're not lying, but <laughs> that huh? thing is something else. Pro tip. Yeah. What is that? You want to describe that unit to us? No, because I always call it the wrong thing. But it's basically a spinner, right? Like yeah. A spinner setup that I cut down to like the last eight inches. So I still have like the little, like tiny, what would we call like a little flasher? Yeah. Yeah. Like the spoon on it. Yeah. I still have that on it and like eight beads and then two hooks and I put a minnow on it. And then when you jig it, it's like, you know, it's flashing around. Mm-hmm. And it seems to work. I don't know. <laughs> Every time you... you run it, we always catch fish. I'll tell you a funny story about it. When I lived up in Gillum, um, one afternoon, Stanley Cup playoffs, I think it was like May. So I got a phone call from a buddy and he's like, hey, do you want to go out to this this lake to go fishing? And I'm like, no, man. Like, it's three o'clock in the afternoon or whatever, two o'clock in the afternoon. And it takes like an hour and a half to get there on the snowmobile. He's like, no, no, no. We're going to take a helicopter. And I was like, oh, really? Okay, so I jumped in the helicopter and we went out. We found some good ice, fished for like two hours. And in the first hour, couldn't catch them. And then I was like, you know what? I'm going to put this thing on. And I tried it and just started hammering the walleye. And we ended up catching our limit and uh, our, our two limits and back to Gillum for puck drop for Stanley Cup at like 6.30. No way. It was unbelievable. It was the best thing ever. So ever since then, I was like, man, this has got to work. So that's what I do. It's been the ticket in multiple multiple occasions, that's for sure. Yeah, it always works. I think it works. It probably doesn't work as good. It probably works just as good as anything else. Mm-hmm. 
I would say. It's pretty cool. I was just thinking, uh, how cute do we look with matching sweaters on today? <laughs> I know, hey. <laughs> You're supposed to be new. We're teamed up. No, not even. We're both faded. He just probably takes care of his stuff, Sheldon. Not really. Yeah, so do I. Anywho. Um, I went fishing to the, the shack on the river this weekend. And, uh, you know, I thought I was doing a pretty good deed. Took down the the neighbor and his two kids down there. And uh, it was pretty sweet because ice is getting pretty thick down there now. And with that electric auger, which is a dream to to use in the shack, and the, the extension system that Jiffy has, and that, like the quick detach kind of pin with the flight and stuff like that, makes it so quick and easy to switch around. Unlike when I was running the Eskimo, you have to like screw the whole thing out and it was a took a while that was like an on key for the Eskimo, wasn't it? yeah yeah same with yeah and then it was like clipped to the handle and then you usually lose the allen key right on this in the snowmobile trail or something like that so you got to buy another one anyways it was super fast to put the extension on which is cool and then uh blasted the holes like nothing obviously but it was uh there wasn't much rest in the ice shack with four kids in there i'll tell you that much <laughs> and somehow my neighbor was able to outfish me three to zero. No way. Yeah, he caught two saugers and uh, a gold eye, which I've oh. never caught through the ice before. Oh, really? Yeah, which was kind of cool. So I was pretty happy he was catching. And, uh, you know, I'm not too disappointed that I didn't catch. And hopefully he'll want to go again. I know his kids want him to go again. So Do you ever keep those saugers and, and cut them up and eat them or no? I do, yeah. Like how big of a sauger would you keep? Well, they don't get as big as walleye, no. right? So, no. and there's actually not as many around. They're they're talking like there's a bit of a on Lake Winnipeg, anyways. The the sauger populations are pretty low. There seems to be quite a few in the river. We catch a lot of sauger in the river, but right. we'll catch we we'll, we'll keep uh, the legal size that you can keep is anything under anything over. Uh, I gotta think about this now. I got it marked in my ice shack. I don't forget, but I think it's 35 centimeters. Oh, yeah. It's, it's well, about 14 inches. Kind of no, down. 35. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that seems about right. And what about you, April? Have you, ever, have you kept any fish this year and had some feasts or no? Just walleye. Just walleye? Mostly. Actually, no. We kept a couple trout, too. Oh, yeah. Um, do you bake trout? I do bake trout. That's okay. probably my preferred way, actually, is baked. Usually, I have my mom's recipe at home, which is, like, um, nice flavored rice. And then you do... Um, a mixture of really fine diced up uh, bacon with onions and garlic and then mix it all together and you stuff them and mom's instructions are you bake them at like 325 until you can smell it in the house then oh. you know they're done that's like the old school recipes hmm. yep no time just till you smell it in the house nice that's like uh your cooking method you're using on the poppers and pelican there <laughs> Everyone's checking on them. You're like, don't, don't open the oven. Yeah, don't touch them. You can't smell them yet. Don't touch it. That's funny. It's true. Um, The other thing I was gonna mention too is um, we got out here. We got out here a little bit early, so we popped a couple holes, checked a few things out. I was walking around that striker, uh, the striker bibs that I got. Got them down at Stillwater Outdoors. Stillwater Adventure is what it's called, actually, not Stillwater Outdoors. Sheldon, Stillwater Adventure. (laughs) Um, but yeah, so I really like the, the striker bibs. I didn't Brennan get the same pair as me. He does have the same pair. Yeah. So we're going to be like matchy matchy. <laughs> yeah. You guys are going to be besties. 
but if anybody's looking to get anything ice fishing or open water fishing um, and you don't want to go to the big box store and you want to check out something local, you should check out Stillwater Adventures. They actually just launched their website, so it's still stillwateradventure.ca. And you can get anything you want on there. Like, they got so many different products um, and a whole bunch of, like, different lines of stuff. So, like, if you're looking for a new auger, for instance, they have, like, the selection. So check them out. Um, anything you want ice fishing. I think they're having a big sale here coming up right away, too. So check that out and all your open water stuff. Uh, if that's fishing rods, lures, um, whatever you're looking for, make sure you check that out. Say check that out one more time. <laughs> they actually carry uh, DSG as well. Oh, yeah, DSG. Which is has just been very hard to find here. Like if you're in Canada, you pretty much – if you're in Canada and you're in the western provinces, you pretty much have to just purchase it online and hope that it fits you. But now Stillwater's carrying DSG, so we have some options now um, in Manitoba – and, you know, that gives people an opportunity to go and try stuff on as well. Mm. Actually be able to touch it, feel it, see how heavy it is, see if it fits, that kind of thing. Besides, so instead of buying online. Give me, like, a couple sentences on why you like DSG. Like, why is it a, like, why is DSG so great for women? Like, it's a women's line, right? Yeah, it's a women's. anyone wim- that doesn't know. Yeah, it's a women's hunting and fishing and snowmobiling uh, apparel line. So they have everything from casual gear to underclothing, like, long johns um socks things like that to your different weights of hunting gear so like mid-season late season early season weight kind of like uh with insulation and then into snowmobile and ice fishing and the reason that i like it is because it actually fits (laughs) um we've tried and originally i had kind of started in the hunting side um i got on their staff teams in fish first but i was looking at the hunting stuff first um and it was that it actually fit like a a size large is a size large and it fits me whereas i had tried a different a couple other companies and i they weren't true to size and they didn't fit and dsg has everything up to a 5xl Hmm. for women so and there's a lot of other companies that will only go up to you know a 1x 1xl so that's, I mean, that doesn't cover a wide enough range of bodies that enjoy the outdoors. Mm-hmm. So. Excludes a lot of people. It does. Um, and you get, you've been rocking it for quite quite some time. So it's not like you just been wearing it this winter. You, I've seen mm-hmm. you repping it for years for now. For years now, yeah. yeah. You know what I like about it? And I, I don't know if this is like going to come off really bad or not. But I, I really like that they have like good colors like it's not just pink you mm-hmm. know what i mean like mm-hmm. and i know like there's some like uh companies that try to focus on ladies wear etc and it's like always just pink and stuff like that mm-hmm. but like yes she has some cool colors like uh, i think it was was it melissa or maybe it's you that has like the black and the brown suit or is it none of you i, th- I seen like a black and it has like a brown like a, i don't know maybe like a bronze color Maybe I just seen that someone else was wearing that. Um, Melissa has the ice suit that's black and it's like a dark mustard. Oh, that might be it. Yeah. yeah. And that looked really nice. Yeah, I... that was last year's um, ice suits. We had uh, a mustard color and then there was uh, sort of like a, a wine mulberry and then the other one was like a dark teal. Those were, I really liked the colors of last year's line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were really nice. Right on. And then we, um, we were cooking some food up in this mother... What is this called? A wolf? The gray, gray wolf. wolf. The gray wolf. Yeah. Chase, why don't you run us through what you made us for supper? Because that was unbelievable. And those sliders, 
I mean, I provide the deer meat, but whatever. Yeah, but, we had, well, we still got a turkey breast on the pit barrel. I might have to go run out mid mid podcast here to check it, but um, what did I throw? Oh, we had a little little bread and oil and vinegar to start her off. Some garlic, some like garlic baked bread. It's like a it's like a focaccia oil dip, but yeah. not a focaccia. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which I love. I was craving Chase that. Chase Casa. Yeah. Yeah. Chase Casa. And then what did we do? What did I do? I, and you made I the did sliders. the sliders. Yeah. So you did some venison sliders. And poppers. And poppers. Like to rival my poppers. They were good. Like they me were... and Melissa make some deadly poppers, but those were really good. Were those so is they were... Chase's poppers better than Tristan's poppers? <laughs> <They're>, <laughs> they weren't burnt. I was I was Should we even discuss that? I was uh <laughs> Making sure that things weren't going array on the <laughs> He was like trying barbecue. to hide that from me. Yeah. Did you hear about that? Oh yeah. I was like sitting in I had my I guess I had my back to the door and he came up and Melissa was sitting beside me, like tapped you on the shoulder and he's like, I think we have a problem. <laughs> she was like, Wait, well, like, I think I burnt them. <laughs> Melissa's like, No, it's okay. Like, how burnt are they? Like, well, like we'll still eat them. It's no big deal. Like, we've probably eaten worse. He brings them out and she's like, Oh, they are burnt. <laughs> and I ate one. <laughs> like I thought I could do it. Oh, it was just terrible. Oh, oh. It was bad. Oh, that'll happen. Far past gone. Yeah, we had uh so Sheldon brought a, a nice hunk of venison meat that I cut up into little, like, half-inch, quarter-inch steaks kind of thing and fried up some onions, some uh, fried those steaks up in uh, some Tex-Mex, and then uh, had some small little, like, slider brioche buns that toasted in the pan, too, and then onions, fried onions, steak, and then uh, just threw some, like, queso cheese on it. Which, that was unreal. The yeah. cheese was good. Yeah, yeah. which is I like even thought of that. one of my favorite like greasy spoon um, drive-in restaurants in Longport does like cheese cheese whiz on their hamburgers, <laughs> which is like puts them apart from everyone else kind of thing. And I was just kind of thinking like, how can I do that? And then I was like, oh, queso, queso cheese yes. is going to be an easy <laughs> way to do it. You can't buy cheese whiz. It's like $14 a jar. So <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And then, uh, yeah, we did some poppers, and then there's a, a turkey breast that I also stuffed with cream cheese and jalapenos and wrapped in bacon that's sitting on the grill right now, waiting to, hopefully it's not getting overcooked. I forgot my thermometer at home, so that was a big fail. Can you eat turkey raw? Or like medium rare? No. Why? I, don't, I think you get sick. I don't know. You so can try it if you want. What is a turkey breast, though? Hey? It's like a turkey breast. Yeah, but like what would be, what, well, what, what saying, would be your, why would you want to have... I'm just saying, if bird, medium rare. If it isn't fully cooked, like well, whatever. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I just. You know, know. what would probably be the right move if we took it off there and just wrapped it in foil for like half an hour. Yeah, just let well, it we sit. Could do that. Yeah. Cut. I should have brought the meter. Down. Yeah, seriously. I love that thing. I have a brand new. What? What do you love? A meter. That's what. But instead of oh, you know, meat. like a hydrometer is M E T E R. This is M E A T E R. And right. uh, it has. I've got an app on my phone, and you stuff that thing in a in whatever meat you want, and you just walk away with the app, and it gives you like updates on what the temperature is, and you tell it what temperature you want, and it'll tell you to take it off with enough time to let it rest and continue till it hits the mark that no you way. want. Yeah, and it works good. I love it. No free ads, by the way. No free ads. April. Sorry. I'm on a couple Just saying. like barbecue <laughs> forums on Facebook and it's like the the hot topic or well the yeah. forums. Yeah. So it's a creme de la creme. Look at those little minnows on there. That one's coming to check it out. 
That's a bigger one. You might be able to snag that one. Oh, he wants it. <laughs> nope. <laughs> I would love to put a camera down there and just see what those things, if they're shiners or what they are. They've got to be. Yeah. And what else are they going to be? Like if it was perched, they'd be piled up on the bottom. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Do you want to check that right now? The turkey? Yeah. 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 All right, guys. If you've been listening to the podcast here for a while, you know that iHunter has been a huge supporter of our podcast. So big thank you to them. If you don't know what iHunter is, it is a mapping app that you can have right on your phone. It is the all-in-one hunting app for hunters across Canada right at your fingertips. We're talking map customization, uh, waypoint sharing, all kinds of stuff you can have at your fingertips. Along with all that, um, you're able to access satellite maps and integrate different layers on your mapping platform. So they have base map platforms to begin with, and then they have the public land subscription that will give you all of the public land stuff. And then they have a landowner subscription where you can buy landowner maps across whatever province it is that you're living in. Along with all that, they have up-to-date weather updates, like I said earlier, sharing and messaging uh, devices. And you can run this without any cellular service. So it is, been a huge tool in our toolbox of our hunting gear and it's helped us out in in many ways so um, if you don't have it yet check it out the base map layer is very affordable to get into and uh, you can level up from there if you're interested in getting a discount on the public lands maps head over to their web-based platform web.ihunterapp.com use the promo code panoramic30 to get yourself 30 percent off of the public land subscription and uh, also check out the landowner maps while you're there. And while you're on that website, you could also transfer all your waypoints over from your old GPS onto this new platform so you have them right there for the next time you hit the field. That's web.ihunterapp.com. So we just checked the turkey. This is kind of like live on location. We were doing a bunch of different stuff all at the same time. We got lines in the water. Crisis averted. Yeah. Got the turkey off, wrapped in foil. That's right. It's not going to burn now. <laughs> um, but we do have April on here, and I, I want to ask her a bunch of questions before we uh, get into the middle of this podcast. But, April, you already talked about that you've done a lot of fishing so far. You're kind of not doing well the last six weeks. But the one thing that I did notice that you've been doing is you've been doing a little bit of shed hunting. Yes. Well, I haven't haven't exactly started yet, Right. but I'm prepping. I mean, it's hard to shed hunt when the snow, like, obviously I'm short. It's hard to shed hunt when the snow is over my knees. Right. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I was going to give you shit, but then maybe you can explain the way you're sh- you're prepping the shed hunt. Because in my mind, I think that in Manitoba, especially right now, um, we should be waiting to shed hunt for, you know, a little bit longer until the snow starts melting, which you obviously you're doing. Yeah. So what are you doing to prep then? Um, so right now, like I have a good spot, you've seen where I live and I have a pretty good spot for high numbers of deer. There's not necessarily always a lot of big bucks in the area, but we've got high numbers and and they make their way through. So right now what I'm doing is the areas that are really close to my place, I am putting up cameras, uh, in some kind of like some thermal protection areas. So like big spruce patches, things like that, where they're spending some time. And then honestly, I'm just kind of running the roads. 
So driving around, running the roads, looking on areas that I have permission on and just checking to see what kind of deer activity is on them kind of around now and sort of marking those places or making mental note of where those are. And then something else I've been doing is uh, mapping. So places that I have permission, uh, I'm going on like Google Map or Google Earth and I'm mapping the area. So I'm checking for checking like distances between feeding, like feeding areas and potential bedding areas, what kind of shelter, what kind of terrain is in there. And then kind of like making a plan of where I want to spend some time. Because in previous years, I would just like, I don't know how many miles I put on. I just wandered. Just like wandering, wandering, wandering. And a lot of it too is like getting rosy some exercise, but a lot of just unplanned wandering around. And I like barely found, I found sheds, but I didn't find what I assumed I would or like planned that I would. So this year I want to put a little bit more thought and process into what I'm doing instead of just wandering blind. Seems like uh, right now too, lots of of folks that are finding sheds are um, either finding them at their grain bins mm-hmm. or at like spots where they're feeding them where like yeah stuff like that so i was uh in the same same boat as you april last year i was like i went oh yeah i'm gonna go find like i know where all these bucks are from the fall mm-hmm. and where all these does are from the fall and like granted last year there wasn't that much snow but i was thinking i know where they bed i know where they feed i'm gonna find something and it's like you go in there with high hopes of finding something and I didn't find anything. And I went for two or three different walks in the same area of miles, mm-hmm. like two or three mile walks each mm-hmm. time. And it's just like, Oh yeah. Like shed hunting is stupid. You know, like you get so frustrated, but then you start thinking about it. Just like you said, it, it does like a lot of prep work for you for the fall time. Um, but with this much snow right now, it's almost like you can almost focus focus only on their feeding areas because they're not moving too far from that right now because there's so much snow no it and, takes so and much it, time and exactly energy. it spent expends so much energy just to get like if you're gonna be wandering around like if you're yeah. an animal right yeah so like you said you know they want to they don't want to spend that energy they're going from like bedding to feeding back and forth yeah and you did last year you did um like a little bit of a shed hunting like um the rally event. yeah the rally right yeah and how'd that go um, it was okay. Like, obviously it was first year and I'm sort of, I'm, I'm nobody. So to, to, but, <laughs> but I mean to like, to try and put on a huge event, it's probably not going to be huge in the first year or two or three years even. So we had, I don't even know how many people we had participate, maybe like 10, oh, yeah. 12, something like that. And we just did like a hashtag. And so on the day or the weekend of, you went and went out and took pictures and used the hashtag. And and then we had some like non-biased third-party people um, pick a couple winners. Right. And yeah, it was good. You had some pretty cool prizes. Do you think you're going to do it again this year? Yeah, I want to. And and I'm probably going to get going a little bit sooner, like just getting the word out a little bit sooner and talking to sponsors and things like that. Right. I think it's a great idea because not only do you get out uh, outside if you're a hunter, but even if you're a non-hunter or whatever, you can still go out and do it. Yeah. And like, you, if you can get a few cool prizes, it's a pretty good incentive to get outside, mm-hmm. which obviously we love. Yeah. yeah. You know, you know what my plan is. I'm gonna go Train try and dog. try and find that shed that uh, of the deer that Tristan missed this fall. <laughs> <laughs> I'm bringing home for him. Yeah. <laughs> Look what I found. Yeah. That'd be I, a good thing, though. 
Yeah, that'd be sweet. that means that it never, uh, never died. Yeah, yeah. Because that's a high high pressure area where, like, hunted area, isn't it? Where he saw that one. Uh there's a lot of bow hunting that happens. Lots right. of poaching too, apparently. And a lot of tra- like, and I mean, traffic too. Like, it's close. Wasn't it like fairly close to the highways? Like, yeah, yeah. Like in an area where there's lots yeah. of potential of getting hit by cars. Yeah, and just coyotes everywhere. Like every oh, night really? I went out hunting mm-hmm. last year, there's coyotes howling. Oh yeah. So. I have a specific deer that I'm after sheds as well. Does it have a name? Fred. Fred? Fred. Did Fred. you name him Fred? Yeah, his name's nice. Fred. Nice. <laughs> I had him on camera uh, two years ago. No, two seasons ago. Sorry, not this past season, but the season before. I had him on camera and I saw him twice. And I had him on camera quite a bit and we put out a new blind and it just, like no matter what we did to that blind, like no matter how well we brushed it in, when, like how long we waited to use it, nothing. They just hated it. They absolutely hated it. And so they went from consistently using this like alleyway. It's not like when you say alleyway, you think of like farm alleyway. It's not a farm alleyway. It's just a point where they kind of come up from the back trails and they have to come up a little hill and then they use this pathway i guess between like some thick trees and then it kind of opens up again you want to call it funnel whatever you want to call it and it comes back up to the field and and it's alfalfa in there and he was using it faithfully and i had him in velvet i had beautiful pictures of him in velvet from behind and his tines were so tall oh my gosh and i saw him we were sitting one day and uh, he came in with like th- two other, there's three in total. He came in with two young bucks and he had um, what we used to call, it was alien. And he had these like long single tines. It was like, like a spike buck, but it, you know, a spike buck is usually short, right? Yeah, yeah. These were like big single spikes. Huh. So him and then another young guy and then Fred in the back. And the first guy just came walking by. He didn't didn't say a word, nothing. The second guy was kind of eerie. And then when Fred came in, he just would not come past the blind. And after that, hmm. he wouldn't wouldn't ever again. I caught him out in the field a couple times, but and then at the spring after, I found a shed. So I'm gonna stop you quick before you get into that. What were the does and calves like with that blind? Didn't care. They were like they would. Some of them would like look. They would stop and they would watch and they would look and, you know, wait for you to move or mess up. Yeah. You just sit like a statue. Don't move. And then they would keep going. They would pass by. Yeah. Interesting. Mm -hmm. I have some uh, tips I want to tell you about my blind experience, but maybe I'll tell you after you're done so you don't lose your story. So keep going. I was kind of done. Oh, were you? (laughs) Yeah. I found, like, I found one shed. I'm pretty sure it was his. Oh, okay. And I never found the second one. And I just want it. Yeah. And I didn't see him this year. Like, and the thing that really messes with us is we're in potato country. So um, every year it's a rotation of crop. So they go potato, canola, corn in whatever rotation. But they use those three crops and they continually rotate. So what, you know, what is a really great, you know, the very first year I ever went out there in the middle of winter, the deer were like ants on the potato field. They were digging the potatoes that were left over. Really? Oh, really? Yeah, that got missed. No way. They were digging them, and it was wild. And then, so then you have a rotation, right? You have the corn, and they're like in the corn, right at like as right before it's going to get harvested, and then right after from whatever's dumped on the ground. And then now we've got canola. And this past year, they 
uh, got the canola in and the year was good enough that the canola grew really nice and it um, ripened really quick. So they cut it down and then the stalks grew again. So you've got all that like fresh green on the bottom and the deer just love it. Mm -hmm. But now next year it'll be something different again. So everything that you learn and that you notice in the fall, it's like starting from scratch again next year. Changes a little bit every year, yeah. Well, just think about it in like six or nine or six years, six, nine years, six, nine, 12 years, you'll know the rotation perfectly. You'll be like, I mean, you know, the rotation every year, but like there has never been a year. So I've been on this property since, well, Brennan bought it in 2014, I think it was. And I met him at the end of the year and then into 2015, I moved in. And then in 2015, in the fall, I think I hunted the first year already. So you know the rotation. But since since that first year, we have never had a year where the canola has grown a second time. Right. So that's new already. Right. In seven years? Yeah. Six years? Seven years? Yeah, for hmm. sure. We have kind of a where we hunt. We kind of have the same idea, except for it's not potato lamb, but it's it's really, really wet stuff in the one quarter. So, like, they're always planting, like, corn or, well, basically corn, and then one year they left it, and then the next year they planted corn again. So they're trying to, I think they're trying to, like, dry it up. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not a, a farmer, but it's just, I think it's a hard quarter to plant anything cereal anything for it. Else. Yeah. Because it's just, it's too wet. Um, but anyways, back to the blind thing. So the one thing that I noticed this year, and what I did, is I was running a baronet blind, and on baronet blinds, they don't have, like anything to brush it in like no little loops or anything to put like trees and shit mm-hmm. so like the first time i set it up in the one spot i tried like leaning up trees and like pieces of trees up against like old existing trees and like almost making like a lean to around it mm-hmm. and then the wind just blew it down and it was just fucked so i just left it and i left the wind <laughs> what are you laughing at <laughs> <laughs> so i just left it and what i did is though as i I had the one area where I was going to hunt. So if I was facing, um, let's say I was facing to the southwest, I was looking southwest, and I found the windows I wanted to, sh- what I was thinking were the deer are going to come through, and I'm going to shoot out of these windows. Mm-hmm. I left those windows open all year. And then the back ones, I left them closed, right. clearly. And so even when I wasn't in that blind, those windows were always open. I don't know if people do this normally, because I know a lot of people like to close up their windows when they're not there because of weather, etc. I just kept everything open, and the does and calves, even the bucks, they they would walk right by. They might look at you or whatever, but they had no care in the world. Mm-hmm. Like I had deer, I had bucks like five yards away from my blind, and and does and calves constantly, mm-hmm. like within forty yards all the time. Well, and I don't know if it was just something about that blind; it didn't fit right. I don't know, but we had another blind on a different quarter, and so it's the the bush in the center is the same and when i'm talking about that funnel they would funnel out to the west side but those exact same deer could come towards the south and come to a different piece that was all connected so it's kind of like a c shape almost and we had trees in the center and so the funnel was in the center but we had another blind over here that was on the alfalfa and we had a doe come right up to the blind this the same year and just like right up into it and she's kind of like looking around sniffing and then sort of you know like she knows that something's odd she doesn't know what it is but she knows that something's not quite right in here like you can probably smell us in there so she kind of trotted off you know maybe 
not even 10 yards. We had uh, the same blind, another time a doe and a fawn, and the fawn bed in front of us about, I don't know, it was maybe four yards. There was like a, there was a trail around the fence line and the fawn bed right there. And she was just eating, you know, a few yards past the fawn. No care in the world. But this other blind, like, heck no. I don't know. Yeah, I've, I've never had great luck with ground blinds either. And it doesn't seem like some of them I, I put way back in like whatever, five back, five yards past like the, the tree line into the woods kind of thing. And maybe they need to be farther. I don't know. Um, um, my buddy Chris does a good job of putting them further back. And like you can't even see them walking around kind of thing until mm-hmm. you, you're actually in the bush. But um you see my blind this year, though. Hey. Yeah, I know. Like, I, I like, felt like a sore was, thumb. It just looked like you're kind of sitting on a grassy area in amongst some trees there. Yeah, it was so and like it was a dump I've, spot, I've but it worked never, so good. Yeah, and the deer were just cruising past it all day. It was unbelievable. Yeah. I shot my my crossbow deer out of there. Yeah, and my buck and rifle. So like, unbelievable. Yeah, unreal. I'm I'm going to a saddle this year. Are you? I'd love to get a saddle. I tried a saddle for the first time at sort of mid deer season, mid to end of deer season, of bow season. Um, I enjoy early season more than anything. Mm-hmm. So if I can get it done before rifle, like I, I actually didn't shoot a deer this year. Oh, really? Nope. Oh, I didn't want to shoot in rifle. Hmm. Just like I went out a few times and, you know, Brendan shot two deer and... By that time, you know, we're, we're allowed two deer now each. And by the time that he got both of his deer, I just said, you know what? If I shoot another deer for our freezer, it's not really about shooting it for the freezer. Mm-hmm. Right. Then it's you're really just shooting it for the gram. Mm-hmm. And that's not what I want to do. So I just didn't. You know, we had meat. Mm-hmm. I don't need more. Yeah. So I didn't shoot one. But anyway, I tried the saddle. Yeah. In early season and I loved it. Yeah. It's weird to get used to if you're not used to being in a saddle. Like you got to find, you know, how tight you want it, where you want it to sit on your body, what kind of angle you want it on the tree, how you want to sit on the platform, like all that stuff. But it's exhilarating. Mm -hmm. Like being that high up and just like being able to like move and like swing around a tree. Yeah. It's crazy. I can't, I can't wait for elk season. Yeah. Are you uh, doing steps or the climbers? Like, Like, the climbing ladder yeah, yeah. steps, whatever you want to call it. Like the, it's a piece with the two. The sections, yeah. Yeah, the two two yeah, steps on it. Nice. Yeah, I'd like to get a few of them too, but they're they're pricey. The yeah, whole, whole year is a bit pricey, but it's an investment. But I mean, it's not like it's going to, it'll last forever yeah. if you take care of it, right? And like the, the portability. Yeah. Or just the opportunity to be wherever you want. Mm-hmm. Like I have the option if if i want it to hunt in the community pasture nice which the community pasture manager is um he's very willing to let um archery hunters in and he wants absolutely nothing to do with shotgun or rifle hunters Mm -hmm. uh so we've gotten permission before to shoot uh archery deer in the community pasture this year and i just never i already had places kind of lined up but I have that option now and like the thought of being able to just like sneak three miles back into the community pasture where nobody's going to go like when in rifle season, when the orange army gets out, like you'll have like three or four vehicles lined up on the community pasture fence line. 
And <laughs> the prop the properties that we have permission on are against the community pasture. Right. So you'll be sitting on private land and there's like vehicles lined up on the fence line. And you're like, get out of here. And are they're just hunting the the right of way kind of thing yeah. or what? Yeah, yeah, they're just hunting the fence line. Yeah. And they know like right because the community pasture is all pasture and trees. Yeah. So this is going to be some of these properties are gonna be the only like cropland or alfalfa or whatever, and these deer are all gonna cross. Mm-hmm. So they just come and they hang out on the fence line. Yeah. So if you can like sneak, you know, a couple miles back in there and then just like toss up your steps and climb up and hang on a sling yeah why not yeah i like i uh, really like the thought of like i used to do the same kind of thing but with it with the tree stand cruising around on my backpack and it's just so clunky and noisy and it, like it's it was a lone wolf too so it's it's lighter but it's still you know you're getting caught in the willows and all kinds of stuff yeah. making a pile of noise <laughs> going anywhere so it's it's tough well and and the saddle like you can you can um get get into the saddle and then all you have to do is have your step ladders yeah right you've already got the saddle on you yeah and i just like when i was going into the spot that i was hunting i would put the saddle on and then i would just like put all the ropes into the the pockets and gone yeah away you go yeah yeah i like that good for mobility Mm -hmm. for sure so now that we touched enough deer hunting on this uh in the ice, ice fishing, fishing show. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of crazy though. You get together with people you haven't seen for a bit and start talking about a lot of stuff that we wanted to talk about a long time ago. Yeah. It's called reminiscing. So right. look it up. <laughs> <laughs> so when we uh so when we got out here, uh we were a little bit early and we had to drill a few holes and we used the Jiffy Ice Hugger. Yeah. Can you tell me a little bit more about Jiffy Ice Hugger one more time? I can, man. We we're running the rogue right now. And that thing's pretty sweet, man. It's got uh, the two different speeds on it. It's an 80-volt battery that goes into that sucker. And you have the option of the 8-inch flight, 10-inch flight, plus the extension. And uh, it rips, man. It's twice as fast with that chipper blade as my old Eskimo used to be. And it's it's pretty sweet. I like it a lot. I've, I've always been like an anti-electric guy. But now I mm-hmm. I am like... Now you're an uncle, electric guy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> good one. I'm uh, I'm into electrics. I like it a lot. Convenient, no noise, and uh, man, they pound through the ice. So, if you're interested in getting yourself into Jiffy Auger or checking out what kind of options they have, head over to JiffyOnIce.com and see their full selection right there. Bingo, bango, bongo. Tell bingo, them bingo, bingo. So now we've yeah. been uh, doing this intro for what half hour ish. Yep. Uh, we still haven't got a bite, but we did. Uh, this uh, the the live scope is distracting. I'm, I'm spending about no fifty percent of the time engaging conversation and fifty percent of the time trying to look Watching for the live scope. a fish through Sheldon's mic stand. Yeah, here. hoping that something comes ripping across. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen a couple trophy sized minnows come cruising through, but that's about <laughs> it. <laughs> I know when we first got here and I put it down, I was like, Shelly, look at this fish. And we're looking at him and we're like, wait a minute. You're like yelling at me, get my line in the water. Yeah. Like, They're like, wait a second. Those are the same size as the minnow I put down there. But yeah, super <sighs> impressed with this thing. Like uh, before we get into the meat and potatoes of the podcast, I do want to say a big, huge thank you to Stringer Rentals again. This thing is beautiful. I don't know what the size it would be. Like this is like 20 foot. 
maybe it's, it's pretty big man it's it's a brand new unit uh gas cooktop in here with the stove stove microwave fridge big fridge bathroom bathroom and it has a shower in it yeah, yeah. so um. if uh the fellas are looking for a place to bring the ladies that's a little more comfortable oh absolutely mm-hmm. or the family you know family i was like family. thinking about it like i mean if i wanted like this would be a perfect first date thing if i actually <laughs> if found, you had a date <laughs> if I actually had a girlfriend or something like it'd be perfect though because it's super comfortable you know you can sleep there's a bunk bed there's a table falls down on another bed so you can there's anywhere to sleep if you're a snore if you snore too much like but I like it. I really like it. It's, yeah, it's really nice. And they did a really good job of setting this thing up outside too. With uh, they got like some bale set up so you can put your gear out, some of your gear yeah. outside, and block the wind a little bit. Yeah, like a cooking area too if you bring a barbecue or whatever. So yeah, and the guy that uh, runs this thing is super nice. I mean he he brought us like we followed him, drove out here, went through the whole unit with us, um, and and the access is very very easy. Like it's like basically like a plowed road out here. Yeah. yeah. So if you if you do have like an SUV or you know uh, the the guy that's beside us had a van yeah yeah so you could come like a family van he's in, <laughs> he's in the minivan yeah. catching fish yeah but I think uh, unless you guys have anything else to say I want to launch this to Jade Eagleson if you guys don't know who who he is I'd suggest googling him he won the Boots and Hearts he's a awesome singer singer song he's wrote some of his songs and he's a Canadian fella. So check him out, J.D. Wilson, but he's coming up right away quick. Hey, everyone. More exciting news coming out of Wool Love. They've got a new sister company called North Wool Apparel. North Wool builds on the advantage of, of the 100% merino wool base layers from Wool Love, and it adds in the flexibility and durability of spandex to create a premium mid-layer that will keep you warm, comfortable, and odorless so you can squeeze out those extra that extra time out in the ice winter camping hiking doing whatever you love to do in the winter time all of us at panoramic have been wearing this stuff for over a year now and we love it so they got two cool new garments in with the north wall sister company they got a men's quarter zip up hoodie and they also got some women's leggings so if you're looking for something to uh you know maybe that mid-layer garment you should check out wool love that's wool.love check out north wall and right now, you can use Panoramic 10 for $10 off your first purchase. It's available on Amazon and through the website, like I said, www.wool.love. And just look for the North Wool Project. The promo code is only valid with the Wool Love site. So please check them out. That's wool.love or check out their Instagram. All right. So today we've got a wicked guest. I'm actually a huge fan. One of the first songs I heard was called Hack and Darts. And I'm like, man, I already like this artist. I haven't even heard the song yet. But welcome to the show, Jade Eagleson. Thanks so much for having me. <laughs> right on, Jade. So how we normally start off our podcast episodes is we fire off five burning questions for you. Um, you can answer these as fast, um, short answer, long answer, whatever you want. And then after that, we'll kind of get into the podcast. So if you don't mind, I'm going to fire off a couple burning, five burning questions to you. Sounds good. Okay. So you're, this is your last meal on earth. What would you have to eat and what would you pair it with with a drink? Um, Bisenberger and an old fashioned. Oh, nice Bisenberger! I think that Bisenberger is the first Bisenberger answer here. Yeah, it's the first uh, one. Oh, there you go. Perfect. Uh, next question. Um, I call this like "fuck you" money, but um, <laughs> when I when I got my journeyman ticket, I decided you know I'm going to buy myself a pickup truck. I finally have some money. Did you ever find that going through your career? You finally got a little bit of cash. You bought yourself something for like a way to go, Jade. Uh, 
<laughs> I think as soon as I started getting paid well, I had a kid. So I was like, <laughs> did it I asked backwards to the Bible pretty much there. But I got I did get myself a, a truck, which was nice. Nice. Right on. Um, the third question is instruments. Um, you play the guitar. Is there an instrument that you would love to learn how to play or, or an instrument you're like, screw that. I'm never going to learn how to play. It's too hard. Uh, does it, yeah, that both questions there line up with one instrument called a pedal steel guitar. Um, I would love to play it, but I'm also like, screw that. Cause I tried to learn how to play it. And it's just, it's, it's for mad men. Like every, every steel player I've ever met is, is a little bit wild. <laughs> and it it's, makes complete sense now that I tried learning it. I was like, this is just not not for normal people. We we got a couple uh, buddies in the industry as well, and uh, they reflected the same thing. They're just like, steel guitar players are on a next level, man. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like not only do you have to learn like certain groups of strings to, to play, um, you actually have to like use pedals and stuff. The funny – as we're speaking – I'm using my steel guitar case as a, a phone holder. So that's where <laughs> the use is getting right now. Nice. That's awesome. Uh, question number four, if you had any venue that you could play at, where would you, where would that be? My uh, honky tonk back home. Oh man. Right. That, and what is that? Is that like an old Chinese restaurant or something? It is. So it's, it's funny. It started out in uh, the nineties, I believe. And my dad was a bouncer there. That's how I met my mom. And so there's just a ton of history in that place. I'm, I, I joke with everyone today, I'm the product of a honky-tonk. And it's true. Because if it wasn't for that specific honky-tonk, my parents never would have met. That's awesome. That's cool. And I'm gonna, <laughs> gonna, this is a follow-up question to number four, kind of. But can you explain a honky? Like, what is a honky-tonk? Like, would it just be like a country bar? Or, or what is that? It's a country bar, but it's like more rooted in tradition. So it's like kind of, it's a place you'd go and you hear like your 1990s country music and backwards. Uh, and not, not too many of like, it's not really a young hip bar. It's kind of like, in my mind, you think of a honky tonk, you think of smoke filled bar and, you know, just a bunch of yeah. your neighborhood friendlies all there. <laughs> yeah. When, when I think of honky tonk bar, I, in my mind, I think of like Patrick Swayze standing on the doorstep of the Roadhouse, <laughs> and but guys like winging beers at the at the band, you know. But yeah, that's that's maybe it. that's not. <laughs> um, and the last question for five burning questions is: uh, if you could tour with any artist, uh, do you have someone that in mind that you'd love to play with? Oh, I'd say like anyone from the '90s. To be honest, I'd say. Alan Jackson or Shania Twain. They're at the I got the Shania on right now. Those, yeah. those two for sure. Loving the Shania shirt, by the way. That's awesome. That's a classic. Thank you. That, I didn't even think about it. I was like, yeah, <laughs> I guess this is what I'm wearing today. <laughs> <laughs> well, right on. You made it through the five burning questions and uh now it's time to get into the, a little bit more of the podcast. Um but I guess kind of how we wanted to start out is you're, you know, you're a Canadian fella. You grew up in Ontario and, you know, growing up by the sounds of like around music um, and musicians and stuff. But was the outdoors kind of intertwined with your life growing up? And is that kind of something that, you know, made you want to, you know, be a, the next like country singer, singing about the fishing, singing about, you know, four wheeling and all that other stuff? Yeah. I mean, I mean growing up in the country, 
uh, for me, like I'm, I'm a farm boy. So like I was kind of submerged in that lifestyle and, and that way of living. So it, it's kind of like the reason I didn't go any other direction is because of that. There's more stories to tell. There's, it's just a more like, you kind of live by the earth and sing about it. Like that, that's how I feel country music. Is. Yeah. Right on. Um, the, like the thing when I always think back of like, even myself growing up, my, my parents and stuff listened to a lot of country and like Conway Twitty and, and a bunch of these, like, you know, Merle and all these other country singers. Did you ever think growing up, like, I want to be just like them? Because like, the thing is nowadays, it seems like there's a very low number of artists that are like old school country singers. Yeah, no, hundred percent. Like I grew up listening to uh, records. Uh, my grandfather uh, <clears throat> would have like all the different, like, like Lefty Frizzell and, and all those older artists like Hank Senior and stuff. So that's kind of what I gravitated towards mostly because they they're storytellers and you could really dive into their song and and uh, I don't hate new country, but I just really appreciate uh, what they used to do back way back when. So that's kind of the direction I want to head eventually, and that's what really brought me into this genre. Nice. And then like the talking about kind of sticking to like uh, singing um, old school, say country's music um, and the outdoors and stuff like you got songs like more fishing than drinking. Can you maybe give me a little bit of background on that? Like, was that something you kind of came up with? I know there's the other guys that help write the song and everything else, but how did that all come, come together? So that, one, that one was actually like pitched to me and because we we're looking for songs and, and I wanted to come up. And I listen to the lyrics and it's on. It's so funny because unless you're like a top level fisherman, like, I don't know, it's, it's a big, it's rare for like a, an entry level fisherman like myself to go out and get a big catch. It's normally like a lot of stuff we just throw back. Cause we're just like, you know what? Like, I'm just, I'm not sure what lyrics to use. I'm not sure like what gauge of like, twine I need. I'm just out there throwing lines and hoping for the best so it's kind of like anytime i do go out there's definitely a lot more drinking than actual fishing going on so <laughs> i heard that song and i was like that's me that that's 100 percent me nice I'm, I'm curious jade um like i don't know if we were chatting about this part of the podcast or if we got it at the start but you kind of said like you kind of were involved in the outdoors in your younger years and and as you know um life became busier with with music and now you got a little one at home it's, it's kind of taking a back seat but like what kind of stuff were you into uh growing up on the farm and were you tossing around a fishing rod at all or were you just mucking around in the mud oh yeah like going outside as a kid was like the dream like we like i don't know it's, it's funny you're like looking at kids now because there's so much technology that they're they're kind of stripped of the joy of nature but as a kid like the funnest thing for us was waking up and, you know, running around in a creek or climbing trees, all that stuff. That was my entire life. And then, you know, it, it was just a better way to live. Like, uh, I got to know, like, how it is to kind of be out there all day and kind of survive in those elements. And instead of the kids nowadays, like, they don't really get that opportunity, which is, is kind of sad. But that, that's how I grew up. It's just everywhere. And I was really blessed to have gotten to go out camping a bunch when I was younger and, and just really experienced that kind of life. And I mean, I don't, it's a 50, 50, I might be able to survive if there's some crazy <laughs> wipe out of technology 
but you know growing up like that has allowed me to learn quite a bit and i'm thankful for that nice yeah for sure and like that's one of the reasons like we put this podcast together it's like chase and i and his brother tristan the three guys that run this thing we like we're no professional fishermen or hunters or anything else but we love being outside we love doing it we love camping you know all this stuff so like hey man let's do this and put this together and talk to all these different kind of people that have you know grown up with it or or like yourself grown up with it and sung songs about it and and experience it it's just it's super cool um i wanted to kind of jump kind of back and maybe a little bit forward to it at the same time and talking about um that one song for instance uh more drinking than fishing and you said that, that song was presented to you I, I, I want to pick your brain on like how that works in the, in the music industry, just because from my understanding, like back in the day when like, not that far back, but when they had CDs, you'd have a bunch of people like writing songs and everyone like got paid the same for that. If that album went, you know, super high platinum, everyone got paid the same. Now it's different. There must be less songwriters and less, you know, people that go to, to find music um, to sing about. Do you, do you ever find that challenging or find songs presented to you where like, I'm not singing that song like that's not my roots, that's not my background. Yeah, definitely. Like sometimes you'll get in a writing room and and, and uh, you try to write a song for yourself, but sometimes that like like maybe like an hour in or maybe even ten minutes in, you're kind of like this isn't gonna head in that direction, but you still want to write the best song. So it's like you kind of get you know this past year with uh, COVID being a thing too is kind of like all right, like I hate technology. I'll be the first to say that. If I'm staring at a computer screen all day, I'll, I lose my mind. It affects my mental health. It, it just destroys everything that I, <laughs> I stand for. So, like, if I'm doing that, I can't write on a screen. So I, I had a really bad year for uh, writing songs. And then we were kind of in a position where we needed them. So, you know, we're reaching out to all these different publishers in Nashville and, and everywhere else. And it is sometimes hard to, to find a good song. And we were really lucky to have quite a few of them kind of sent our way that were no brainers, like all night to figure it out or more drinking and fishing. Um, but at the end of the day, you, you always want to write your song, but there's less, I, I think to your point, there's less people doing it now because there isn't uh, a lot of money in it. Unless you are super, super, super good. I mean, you get on a year, yearly salary, but you're not making much more than the, the next guy. So it's, it's, you're kind of like chasing a dream that really, doesn't get you far. We're back in the day when they're selling CDs, your writer's credits were split up and you'd actually get paid for your work. Or now there's once again, technology has kind of sucked the life out of that a bit. Man, that, that's, that's a weird thought to, to kind of toss around and, and just think about like, where, where's the direction of music going from here? And like, yeah. like how, I don't know. I feel like we might lose some, like some genuine stuff through that. It's kind of scary yeah, to think about. I think we're all guilty of it too. Like myself, I remember growing, as a kid, I figured out what LimeWire was, which is, you know, it's a free service you can pull music off of. And I used to burn a ton of CDs off that, but I, I didn't know. Like no one told me that when I was doing that, I was taking, uh, I was just stabbing a st songwriter in the heart. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's a, a, a matter of people actually like trying to intentionally a uh, take from the music industry. I think it's more of a just uneducated thing. Like people just don't know and it's not their fault, but you know, the more people that do it, it's kind of like, you know, when you're streaming on any streaming platform, it's some of them are great. Um, you know, Apple music and, and all that stuff. 
they actually pay their artists like a fair percentage. But there's others out there uh, that really gouge you. Like you get zero point zero 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 one of a cent for every spin you get. And so it's like, oh, you have all these like millions of streams. You must be loaded. It's like, yeah, no. <laughs> like there's, I bought a. I bought a bison burger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, one thing that, that the streaming does kind of like help me do is figure out like who I really do enjoy listening to. Um, yeah. Like is, 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 I don't know. Like I, I feel like I discover new songs and new music on there. Then I can like really as, as bad as I feel about like using a streaming service, it actually like opens up the, I, I think, the genre I think that me. too. Like, I think that it's like, there's um, positives to it as well. Like, there's a lot of like people that would never like, because when I'm in, when you think about it, like, I, I'm sure you guys grew up the same way where you walk into a store, you're sorting through all these different CDs. And it's really like, you don't know what any of them sound like. You're just kind of guessing, you're like, this could be good. Like, I mean, I've heard this one song on the radio, but it's allowed like a lot of artists uh, like myself and kind of Canada based to be heard on a larger platform you know like people in the states can listen or in australia like anywhere so it's kind of it's a blessing and a curse at the same time i mean um streaming for me has been absolutely tremendous in getting people getting my music heard so it's it's a catch-22 like i'm not too sure whether you know, I love it. I love some aspects of it and some aspects I am not such a big fan on, but for the most part, it is a good thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the, the other thing I wanted to pick your brain about too is, um, you know, creativity and even just like sitting down and relaxing, you know, you know, playing a song or whatever. Do you have like that spot if it's outside or at a cabin or like by yourself where you kind of just for your own mental health and everything else, just want to get away and just, play music for yourself and just sit around and you know be creative is there a spot like that for you i mean not not anymore but you know (laughs) unless i'm back home uh when i was younger and i was just kind of picking up the guitar i'd go out and then there's a place uh kind of right off the cuff of like because we have a nice little forest on the our back 40 there so i'd go out there and i'd just um i'd write or learn how to play a guitar and it was like picturesque like something you'd see at a, a really corny romance movie or something but i'd take my my guitar to the creek and, and just like listen to the sound of the water hitting the rock it, it, there's nothing that really beats that just, everything is just peaceful and uh you, you can combine music over top of that it's just a ton of fun man i feel like i'm i have like have this this weird relationship with music as well because like i i'm by no means a good guitar player at all but like i'll like I see it there in the back i think yeah yeah <laughs> i'll like uh if i'm you like that just for this one yeah <laughs> <laughs> if i'm having like a uh like roadblock or like um just having a tough time dealing with stuff during the day or whatever i find it so helpful just to come down and like play five songs just because it, it takes like my entire focus to play like a, a good couple songs kind of thing you know what i mean yeah, it's 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 such like a energy, like kind of like if I'm in a bad mood, and sometimes when you're in a bad mood, like the last thing you want to do is play a song. But like when you start doing, it, you're kind of like, hey, like this is taking the edge off. 
and I can completely relate to that. Like it's it's one of those things, especially like when you're strumming. It it feels cool. You're working with your hands. Mm-hmm. It's uh, and your every part of your being is kind of going into you know playing those few chords. So I I completely understand that. Yeah, reshaped your thoughts and like if you actually think about putting some emotion into a song that you can relate with, you know, it does take you somewhere. Yeah, well, 100%, man. I completely agree. Right on. And the, not to kind of skip forward or anything, but um, you've got some, some new music out right now. Like, um, like what do you got coming, like, going on right now in your life? Like, I know with COVID and everything, everything's been pretty hard on artists and everything else. But, like, what have you kind of coming off the offside of COVID? Like, what, what do you got going on right now? Well, we just put out uh, the Honky Tonk Revival album, and we're kind of hoping that will be a two-part album. So it, it's kind of like we just made the move to Nashville, so we're closer to everyone. We can get these songs written and, and be in the area and have more of a list of songs to choose from. Because, like, I mean, the first half of that album was just, like, I, I was very happy with it and am very happy with it, but I kind of feel like we could have a better like a broader selection of songs that we can focus on so this season for me just kind of looks like you know a lot of writing um you know connecting with folks down here and being inspired and you know just making sure that this other half of the album is is you know bulletproof and you know hopefully that will be in the next year or so that or under a year that we can get that out to to folks so you guys um, kind of went from like toronto kick then to calgary then down to nashville is that right yeah, so we went, uh, I grew up in this town called Millbrook and never really left it except to go to Calgary to start the trades. And then I kind of went back home again and moved back out because my, my wife's family lives there. And when we were having the kid, it made sense because I was supposed to tour and then COVID happened. So we didn't tour. Yeah. <laughs> and then after that, we we're like, you know what? Like I'm flying to Nashville so much that I may as well be like paying rent down there um so my wife and i were like you know what let's do this i mean there's football for kids like starting at the age of three so i was like this is perfect for our <laughs> son <laughs> so we're, I, I reached out to a, a, i know off topic here a bit but i reached out to a um one of the flag football things down here they start at three and i was like you know my kid's gonna be like two and a half like he was yeah bring him out give him a shot and i'm like they, yeah. they just start him right away that's it explains a lot they're pretty good down here nice toss them in there i know i got two young ones at home and one of the best things that uh we've done is getting them into sports right now my my youngest is two and a half my oldest is four going on four, oh yeah four and a half, it, I guess. it connects you with them too that's that's awesome though like four i feel like that's gonna be the age i'm i'm looking forward to because like right now he's just raising hell everywhere he goes i'm just yeah. like like two more years and he'll like he'll know what not to do knock on wood we'll see <laughs> yeah they definitely get busier but it's uh they they get better that's for sure it's awesome that's good yeah sheldon i think you're muted buddy oh yeah sorry might have to edit that out <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah so you released that album and that one song i've already referred to more drinking than fishing you you did that with dean brody what was that like working with him have you worked with him before or is that kind of your first thing we we've hung out and you know played showcases and stuff like that but this is our was our first project together so it was like it was a ton of fun getting him uh we went out to our our friend's cabin and we just kind of like the music video was literally the whole morning was just fishing and it was 
it's funny because like in a normal situation, I'd never catch anything. And that was the whole premise of the video, but we kept throwing like, I mean, like we'd catch like some weeds off of the, on our hook and they're bite. Like they're <laughs> just like, we kept reeling them in nonstop. So we had to actually take like the, the hook off and then throw something else on there. But <laughs> it was like, it's like, of course, when we're not supposed to be catching them, like we're getting all like these great bites and, it was, but that, that whole morning was exciting and getting the song done with him. It was just such a fun process. And Dean is like the salt of the earth, one of the nicest human beings like I've ever met in my life. Sheldon, it sounds, yeah. like, sounds like we need to give this lake a visit because it's every time yeah, him okay. and I get out, it's always a, a dud for us normally. I can't, I think it's called, I can't remember it. It's some, it's some animal and then a lake, but it's up in the lake field area. Nice. Oh, nice. Yeah, like it, that song, uh, More Drinking Than Fishing, is kind of like how Chase and I should be doing things because we don't catch a lot of fish when we're together, but we sure have a good time. Um, so in that music video, th- there must have been a lot of beers drinking then. <laughs> it's funny. It's so funny because it's like normally, yeah, like if, but the only way we could actually film and get good sun was in the morning because it was just a really crappy couple of days. So we were out there at like six or seven in the morning and like, you know, we had all these beer cans, but what they actually were is like carbonated water because like, you know, when I drank, I, I, I send it, like I don't have a couple. So it, it just wouldn't have worked in the music video. They were, yeah. <laughs> so it was, it's kind of one of those things that, you know, we're just hanging out and, and having a few also, uh, no matter what you do to a beer can, you'll never get the taste of like the actual beer out. Yeah, and which isn't a bad thing unless you're mixing it with carbonated water, and then it has just the weirdest taste you could ever imagine <laughs> tasting. It was not fun, but you know we we had a lot of fun, and we definitely I think after there's a lot of folks that had a lot of fun because there I think there's like 400 beers or some crazy number of beers that were you know in this video. Jeez, so, <laughs> it's more beers than I ever saw. Yeah, no kidding. That's a lot of that's a lot of stock. Yeah, it sure was. Yeah, honey, kind, we're we're gonna be of... a couple more days here. <laughs> Imagine that phone call. Yeah. What kind of uh, what kind of beer do you like to drink there, Jade? I'm all over the place. I, I think like as I get older, I'm getting into like the craft world a bit. Um, I just gotta be careful with those because you know I I had some friends of mine recommend like a couple beers, and I I don't read the percentages or anything. I just buy the beer. There's one day I was like, I was just having a couple in and all of a sudden I was like, I feel like just inebriated and I only had like three beers and it's because they were like 10%. So it's like, I, I kind of keep it easy going now. I, I like Miller Lite or I'm a Molson Canadian guy as well. Those nice. craft beers have some heavy hitters for sure. They'll sneak up on you oh, real quick. They are, they are sneaky. The problem <laughs> is well, they have like, they have the king cans. Yeah. Like they're like huge cans too. Yeah, yeah my, mine were just regular ones, and they just just crippled me. I was like, "What's going on?" <laughs> the problem is too once you once you like go to a strong like weedy craft beer or something like that, it's tough to go back to like a, a light beer and still enjoy it because you just can't taste anything after that. Oh, yeah. it's like I kind of like Miller Lights seem to be like they're good coasting beer and they still taste pretty good. So that that's kind of what I'm drinking down here. And then, you know, when I'm back home with the old man or whatever, we'll have a bolson or two. Yeah, yeah. What's uh, 
so you're down Nashville now. What's uh, what's kind of your getaway down there? Um, we don't really have a, a specific spot or anything just yet, but you know, when I was uh, just kind of coming here and you know, I wanted to get out and just have a good time and you know, watch some live music, I'd either go to winners or losers. And funny enough, they're both right beside each other. So it's like I just kind of hop back and forth between both bars and you know, just it's good to relax. It's not during the weekdays and stuff it's not really overpopulated and it's a really calm cool atmosphere and i really love those two places if that isn't the best marketing scheme i've ever heard i don't know what is i i don't know how it but if you hear that toby keith song it's like we got winners we got winners. Yeah, yeah. Like, chainsaw Pierce. that's i'm pretty sure that's that's what it's about <laughs> that's no cool. way that's cool how long you guys been in nashville now for this is our first month. So oh, man. it's only been a month. Yeah, yeah no it, kidding. It feels like a couple weeks, honestly, because it's so fresh. Our stuff didn't get here for uh, a few weeks. And like this is kind of, the, I guess, like the second or third week that we're actually like settled Jeez. to have all our stuff. Yeah. And it'd be the first week that we have everything unpacked. I mean, I'm a procrastinator. So if I turn my camera around, you'd be like, you're not unpacked. Oh, but man. It's something. It's like that three quarters where everything's just on the floor. It's, it doesn't look good behind this camera. I'll promise you that. <laughs> we got, uh, we've been in our new place here for, uh, since August and I still got like pictures and stuff sitting on the floor all over the place. Just not put up. So I think that's a dude thing for yeah. sure. You just have <laughs> like, I, I look and I was, it's funny cause I was like getting upset with my wife and I was like, why? I was like, like why aren't the, isn't the kitchen unpacked or whatever? And then she like, like open the door in my studio and she's like what like come again and i was like all right like yeah. you're right you're right <laughs> yeah <laughs> they always are looks like you got one important piece up there a little neon glow behind you so that's uh, dude, good speaking speak, speaking of the canadians i don't know if you can see that there we go molson canadian oh, yeah. nice oh yeah that's that's the ticket beauty how was uh I'm, I'm curious about about the move to nashville in these times though how did that go was, for you crossing the we crossed in sweetgrass montana my, my father and i uh kind of made the trek down but it was honestly the easiest border crossing i've ever done in my entire life they're amazing i got my passport stamped i had all the documents like i'm very worrisome about that kind of stuff so i had like just loads of information that they needed all ready to go and uh, so i think they're happy about that and it was like yeah like see ya have a good one it was is so unique going like state to state. Like the first thing that like really shook us up. You guys want to talk wilderness? You go through Montana at nighttime. That that is freaky. Um, but we we're going through, and I saw like the I think it said eighty miles per hour, but it didn't say miles per hour. It just said eighty. So I was <laughs> like, all right, does that mean eighty miles per hour? I was like, there's no way because that's like one thirty kilometers. Yeah, and like. <laughs> I was like, that can't be right. So like, we we're on there Googling like what was going on. And sure enough, like these, these, like uh, these Americans like speed. I'm telling you, like they're <laughs> flying. Everyone's flying. <laughs> yeah. I remember, I remember one time uh, I was tree planting out West and we finished, we, fi I can't remember where we were. We we're in BC somewhere and we had to come back through the mountains to come to Alberta. And uh, it was like just dusk and we're cruising along. I had this like old Nissan pickup truck. My buddy was sleeping in the passenger seat and I'm cruising along 
going through the mountains and then like all of a sudden it's like phew phew like all these elk were on the highway but i didn't see them so talking about like a being out of my comfort zone driving through the mountains but b elk all over the road like i was freaked out driving through the mountains that time so i couldn't imagine what montana would all be like that like in nashville too actually like coming out of like uh Kind of, yeah, like I felt like Utah, Kentucky, and all that similar landscape, but Nashville is just trees. So we we're super tired. Like we're kind of taking breaks, but we're still just tired from being on the road. Um, but we get we get to Nashville, and the first thing we see is this car is like driving ahead of us. We're starting to kind of get a little sleepy, and we're like, you know what? Maybe we'll pull over for like twenty minutes or something, just refresh. And, uh, we didn't have to because there's a deer literally exploded like just a car length ahead is is the wildest thing i've ever seen it is it's not a deer sorry it's a, a buck and it's just like i saw the thing the car hit it and then underneath the car is just just puff of fur is most unique like i've seen deer get hit and all that sorts of things like that but i've never seen like just explosion of fur it was it was interesting i mean feel bad for the poor thing but it was pretty it was pretty wild that'll wake you up in a hurry it sure did we didn't have to sleep after that we're like all right let's go <laughs> we man, almost died man talking <laughs> about this speed thing i remember uh driving at night coming out of uh um sedona through the mountains heading into uh arizona and on the interstate and it was i felt like I was like playing Mario Kart, man. Everyone was bumper to bumper coming out of the mountain. And I was like 75 miles an hour and people were still passing me. <laughs> I was oh, no. still like, holy it's... moly. Like if something happens here, I'm going to die. Yeah. There's, there's no like, because we pulled even on that uh, interstate or whatever the heck. It was just a small highway actually. And then my dad and I got out to see how the poor fellow was. And he was all good. The car was totaled. But we're listening to the vehicles passing us and it was just insane. Like just ripping by is like nothing I've ever heard before. I was like, yeah, we're, we step out here. There's like no chance, like not, not a chance. It was just the craziest thing. Yeah. That's crazy. Um, another question I have for you about this album too. Um, I don't want to take up too much more of your time. So probably one of my last ones, unless Chase has one teed up too, but how do you, you got eight songs on the album? Um, like I said, mine is, uh, more drinking than fishing do you have one that kind of just like is maybe more of a favorite than the other seven let's say uh you know that's i think musically i love all of them but i think my favorite one to perform uh was whiskey thinks i am because you know you get in you sometimes you remember the rights and you know i don't really have too many on there that i wrote and that one specifically uh, i remember writing and it was just one of those nights my wife was not happy because I was downstairs in the basement and I was writing with my buddy way in Ontario as in Alberta. And I was just like, I was getting into the old fashions. Let's just leave it at that. And uh, <laughs> I remember she was like, you, you guys can't write like, when you're this inebriated. You know how it goes. <laughs> and then sure enough, <laughs> we played the song and we got to cut it. So I always make I always tease you about that. That's um, hilarious. I was like, yeah, we we have this song out now, and it's uh, it's on the record, and it's fun to play live. And she's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was <laughs> honestly the process of writing that one was like so much fun. It, it just like is such a good time, and every time I sing it live, I remember it was actually a Zoom right. One of the only ones I really loved 
and uh, it was like anytime I sing it, I look back to that that moment, and it was a ton of fun. Creative juices were flowing. Oh yeah. Um, so my kind of wrap up question for you here: um, What uh, besides you know really diving into your music here in Nashville? kind of a new scene for you well not new because you've been down there lost but moving the family down there and everything what do you what was something that you're looking forward to down there i think like just the community like there's so many folks down here that are like canadians and all sorts of people coming from around the world to kind of take a crack at a career here uh and it's a very you know wonderful community like everyone wants to see you succeed as much as they want themselves to succeed so that it's just a fresh take on the industry and and how everybody works. Everyone's treated like they're on the same level, and uh, I'm just really excited to get out and, and see more things and and introduce my family to that kind of lifestyle too. Because it's you know my wife and my son haven't really, especially with lockdown and stuff, mm-hmm. we just haven't really been able to go out and experience that. Well, whereas here. Um, a lot of our friends are down here. So we've been able to, you know, safely see our friends again and meet new people um, in a new setting. And it's been so great. And we're excited to continue to do that. Amazing. One last thing before uh, we depart here too. Why don't you tell everybody the best way to uh, support an artist these days? I'd, you know, I back to the streaming thing. I think you can still go on there and, and support artists that way. Um and just like share their music through using streaming and then go out and buy hard copies of their, their CDs. I know I say that and I don't have a hard copy of my CD, <laughs> but it's just, we haven't put all the songs on there, but uh, you know, it, it's one of those things that you can do kind of a bit of both, you know, use the streaming to share and, and get people around. But like, if you get a CD, um, I'm a big records guy. Like I love vinyl a, a mm-hmm. whole ton. So that's what I do. If I, I want to go ahead and support someone, I go and buy a vinyl if they've got it. And then, you know, I'm still a truck CD guy as well. I like throwing discs in there and, and going for it. Yeah. So that that's the best. As long as you're you're on there sharing and buying CDs, then you're, you're good to go. All right. I like it, man. Sheldon? Yeah, right on, Jade. Um before we let you go here, I'd just like to like kind of just say thank you very much for coming on the show. Um, having an outdoor show, all three of us, me, Chase, and Tristan, all we do is we, uh, we're outside, we're listening to country music, and you know we, we're, we're, we're kind of like a big fan of yours, I guess. And you being newer on the music scene, it's, it's pretty cool to be able to sit down and talk with you and, and kind of just like dig deep into certain subjects that you may not talk about normally like talking about the outdoors and like your connections you have when you're younger and stuff so thank you very much for coming on the show um if you ever if you are ever in winnipeg manitoba back up here in canada and coming through our province look us up we'll take you out we'll do some catfish and maybe uh hopefully we'll catch more fish and drink beers but who knows i like to have a good time so me too um, but yeah You, you, you guys catch and I'll, I'll, get, I'll get the beers. I'll be the designated beer drinker. <laughs> right on. But yeah, thanks for coming on, Chase. If you have nothing else, I guess we'll let Jake get back to his Nashville life. That's it for me, man. Have a good time in Nashville and uh, keep on rocking. It was great chatting with you guys. Thanks so much for having me on. Right on. Well, that was episode 111 chase uh what do you think about jade like it was like what'd you think 
cool dude man he uh he's certainly came rocking with a good first impression when when i seen this shania twain shirt on and, oh, yeah. and a little uh neon glow behind him yeah in the Molson video Canadian? so yeah nice so i was like all right this guy's in uh, yeah it was super good man i didn't know what to expect because uh, i didn't talk to him prior like before the podcast so you mm-hmm. don't really know how it's gonna go down but super nice like salt of the earth type type guy and uh yeah i enjoyed that that time with him i got so april's still here with the, with the outro and i got a few questions for april and chase before we go but you go out ice fishing and you rent um something from stringer rentals what do you bring for lures, April? You give me t- your top three lures for walleye. Oh, no, that's terrible. I bring, like, everything in I the kitchen you, sink, man. I know. <laughs> like, I've you, got a whole but case. You, but you're going to give some advice to somebody that doesn't fish that often. What are the three lures that you bring? Or three things that you can bring ice fishing? Let's go. Three things that you can bring ice fishing or three lures? You just changed your mind. Which okay, one do you, you want? Three lures. I'll ask Chase for about three things oh. to bring to the ice castle. Um, right. I'm bringing um, tungsten jigs. Okay. For sure. Always bringing jigs. Um, a probably a dinner bell style. So any kind of spoon with a flasher or a um, a rattle, like a rattle or some something flashy. Um, and then probably um a rattle bait or a rip bait, something like that. You're gonna rip through the water. How much money? Need thirty bucks to go get those three different lures? <laughs> At least, <laughs> probably forty-five, fifteen bucks each. Okay. At least. So put that into your pipe and smoke it. If you yeah. want to come out here, put forty-five dollars away to make sure you can catch some fish. Although, uh, yeah, really, yeah. all you need is what I what I use. <laughs> it's so. really a summer Do- rig. <laughs> yeah, dollar fifty setup. Yeah, Chase. So if you were coming out to one of these trailers again, and you're bringing up bringing yourself let's say what what are the th- three things you'd bring with you oh man myself I, well, obviously my flasher um one thing we forgot on our last fishing trip was a cutting board so cutting <laughs> board is essential yeah. for coming out here and making some kick-ass meals and uh one thing i also always forget not forget but always um under prepare is like the amount of water that i consume when i come out to fishing mm-hmm. for the day like i got I drink a lot of water to begin with, but I got this one liter jug that I carry around and I drank it already and I've been here for half a day, not even. So, um, that's a big thing, but I like, I like the idea of like bringing my kids out here and I think I'm just thinking of like keeping them entertained in this space and you know, we got the generator going, we got battery power here with inverters and there's plugins on the wall so I could fire up some movies on the laptop if things are slow or anything you can do right? anything in here yeah. like i mean look at the size of this table you could have all kinds of like coloring books and crafts and all kinds of things you can have a big spread of a meal for yeah. them let them pick around at things like you said a movie looks like a texas hold'em table to be honest yeah. with you yeah no kidding, so if you're in here with the boys bring some cards we should be playing pelican yeah we should be go. playing pelican <laughs> i should be winning in pelican again do you have cards no oh come on i don't think so yeah go to town and get cards. some yeah. yeah go now now but yeah, yeah, if you're coming out to one of these trailers, like we were talking about earlier, you can cook in here, you can do everything. So just be prepared, like bring some plates, bring some pots and pans, mm-hmm. you can cook in here, you can have a shower, you can have a shit, you can do whatever you want. <laughs> yeah, very accessible, I like like April saying, you can drive the minivan out here and uh, we can see town out the window. So if you forget something mm-hmm. and need to go grab a grocery or uh, 
you know, you didn't bring a coffee pot. You're only a stone's throw away from a hot coffee and a yeah. square of toilet paper. And one more thing, uh, so we can pump up Stringer Rentals one more time, is when the guy left today, he goes, I don't care if it's 10 at night or 2 in the morning. If something's wrong, call me. And those are the types of people you want to rent from, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, he knows we're going to be in here probably late tonight and, and trying to catch some bourbon and everything else. So it's good to have that uh, just in case something happens, a phone call away and we can get rescued or, or help if we need it. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, the last thing I want to talk about quick is our store. If you guys are looking to buy anything like hats, sweaters, stickers, coffee mugs, whatever, Check out our store. It's www.panoramicoutdoors.com. And, yeah, you can check out all of our stuff on there. We also have a blog. We have some recipes on there. We've got uh, a whole bunch of stuff. So check out our website. Uh, If you like our show and want to support us somehow, that's one way to do it. Another way to do it, which is free, is to go and give us a rating or comment on any of your podcast platforms. And let us know what you think. Send us an email. Send us a DM on Instagram and Facebook. We always enjoy hearing back from our listeners chase is there anything else april anything else before we let everyone go i just want to keep telling stories (laughs) (laughs) well you can keep recording story time (laughs) we could have like a bonus episode yeah totally but anyways chase if you have nothing do you have something nope i'm good okay well i guess there's nothing left to do except for doing a couple catch catch phrases at the end yeah keep those lines tight keep your hook sharp April, you got to say one. Yeah. Keep keep your life scope charged up. I really love you guys, but this is like the like my you know, 62-year-old dad is like, "You go get him, tiger." <laughs> well, you such a good job. I don't have a catchphrase. Neither do I. So. All right. That's it. <laughs> <laughs>